Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have the distinct pleasure of joining in on a writer's retreat with Amy Andrews, Pippa Roscoe, and Allie Williams. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having us. It's lovely to have you crash our writing retreat. (laughs) (laughs) We've obviously been working very hard this morning already. (laughs) On the beach at all. That's totally not a thing we've done. I mean, we've been like planning on crashing this writer's retreat, right, Erin, for like months yeah. now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's the weird thing. It's like we're on a writer's retreat in Ireland. <laughs> Two English people and an Australian are on a retreat in Ireland, which is like, you know, it's kind of like the best of all worlds, really. Yeah. Well, how yeah, did the I... retreat come to be? Like, how did you guys decide Ireland and all of that? Well, because, um, so my daughter lives in Ireland and we were coming and visiting her for Christmas this year and I contacted a few of my author buddies and I was like, hey, I'm going to be in Ireland at this like bed and, because my um, daughter's partner's family owns a bed and breakfast in Dingle. And I'm oh like, my gosh. Bed and breakfast. Why don't we like, why don't we all get together for like a little writer's retreat? And sort of kind of all happened from there, really. Yeah, of course, you know, Pippa speaking, and of course I was just like, no, why would I want to go to Ireland? Um, <laughs> I don't have to write in a gorgeous kind of B&B in Dingle um, on the coast, on the west coast of Ireland. It sounds awful. <laughs> oh, no, like how, how will we cope? Twist my arm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this sounds like, like, an American Hallmark movie, like a girl travels <laughs> travels to Ireland and her love interest parents just so happened to own a B&B next to the beach. It sounds <laughs> perfect. Yeah, guys, we're going to the pub later. It's going to get really full on PS I love you. <laughs> the holiday. And, oh, <laughs> we, yeah, we are the full cliche at the moment. It's like, if only this, the, if only the bed and breakfast was run down, it'd be perfect. But actually, <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful place we're in, so no repairs needed. Yeah. Yeah. Although we just need we just need a hunky man to come and stoke the fire every now and then. Right, what are the chances of snow there? <laughs> Well, it's actually quite cold here at the moment, and it's certainly not in this part of Ireland, but for a lot of the rest of Ireland, there is snow, but not n- not any possibility kind of in this area. But I know that um, Peter and Ali got to go back to England, and it's been snowing there. So <sighs> My yeah. sister actually got snowed into her house the other day, like oh, actually nice. snowed in. So. Oh, my gosh. Like, I and here I Australian I... snow would make this like this would be cherry on top of cake. Like I would be like in Christmas orgasm heaven. It would be amazing, but not going to happen. And, so. and of course, we would be terrible. It would be terrible to be snowed in in the B and B. Snowed in. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> snowed in with the romance writer. Oh gosh, a romance writing <laughs> snowbound <laughs> retreat. <laughs> I, I now need to write this for hands. <laughs> I can ever snowed in writer's retreat done. Yes. There we go. Next year. <laughs> I mean, you Amy, how long of a plane ride is that for you? Sorry? How long of a plane ride is it for you? Uh, it's kind of, it's like 20, sort of three flying hours, I guess. It's sort of like 15 and then eight, sort of, you know, whichever way you've got to go. It's sort of to Singapore and then Singapore to 
sort of um, Dublin is, yeah, sort of the long leg in that flight. So but I've, I've been here for three weeks now, so I'm feeling very rested and relaxed and not <laughs> lagged and um, been, you know, sort of tripping around Ireland with my daughter and my husband. My son arrived here um, a couple last night as well, and my sister and her family are going to be here for Christmas Day, like for me, big, fat. Amy Andrews Christmas in Ireland kind of extravaganza on Christmas Day. Oh my she god! It sounds just <laughs> terrible, right, Erin? We're here in the states, okay? It sounds so basic. I'll be in Texas. I'll be here in Texas, okay? Like I'm complaining because it's it was 39 degrees this morning, but it'll be 64 this afternoon, and I'm like dreaming of like y'all have people this literally they're snowed in. Like it just sounds so it lovely. It sounds a bit. <laughs> It's very, very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Not as romantic when, like, you, you, you don't. Although, huddling together to keep warm would be ever so ro- romantic, I suppose, and as well. Yes, yeah. cozy. <laughs> well, actually, look, tonight we're going to a pub for a pub quiz. If that's not like you know, also cute little Irish, Irish pub, yeah. kind of Christmas rom com. I know exactly, exactly. Whatever it is, is going to be mulled. Oh, wine, yes. mulled cider. <laughs> okay, who out of you three is most likely to know the like most random pub quiz questions? Not me. That was Pippa. <laughs> I've already told everyone. Um, it doesn't matter how sure I sound that the answer, it's never going to be the right answer. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm amazed that they're even letting me near the table at this point. <laughs> I, I, we go to a quiz night, like a pub quiz night back home every She's a ringer. <laughs> She's, she, they've been training for this in the <laughs> So I'm, I'm, you know, kind of probably a bit more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. A random kind of facts, especially if they throw in the odd Australian question. And actually, the woman who runs it at this pub is an ex expat Australian, so so she do, really is a ringer. <laughs> we do get a couple of Australian questions, which is, to be fair, does help. I'm really good at very, very specific piece uh, bits of information. So, like, if they cover professional wrestling or romance, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of stuff. I'm great sorry, on. So, like, general knowledge. Can we pause this and go back to the professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Professional wrestling. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, WWE, ICW. Um, oh, my goodness, she's really in the off now. TNA. Yeah, I, 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 I had a whole... In fact, the heroine from, like, my first novel that came out was actually based on Becky Lynch, who is, like, an Irish, like, big-name wrestler in, in the WWE. Oh. There are, like, little references to her wrestling moves. And sort of oh, my gosh. That's right. I hope that, you get a wrestling question <laughs> That is amazing, Erin. <laughs> the things you don't pick up on. <laughs> so has there been actual writing going on or oh, no? Yeah, like- I wrote um, 170 words that I then probably deleted. That <laughs> <laughs> you then deleted? <laughs> i got to tell you, today has been the most beautiful weather. It's cold, but it's like blue sky, sunshine. And this area that we're on in is there's a massive, huge, big um, ride around the Dingle Peninsula Drive called Slayhead, and it's beautiful and amazing. And so we did take today off to do a little bit of a drive around yeah. and do that kind of thing. But tomorrow... Yeah, today was very important. We filled our creative world. Yes. In order for... Writing to happen tomorrow. Yeah, so I've got to get like ten thousand words done tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. 
The writing has to happen. We have goals that will t- start tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or late night after the pub when we come back and write all the fun scenes. <laughs> I would love to just see the Word document that no, is written after you all leave the pub. <laughs> Having, you know, a few drinks, won a quiz game. Like, we just want that insight to what actually gets written. <laughs> <laughs> so when you all are when you all arrived did y'all have like did you all say okay we're going on this writing retreat did you show up with writing goals or is it like let me just be in this beautiful place surrounded by friends and try like start something or what like tell us what's going on uh i think we all have our own like goals and mm-hmm. things we want to achieve in these three days whether that will actually happen or not <laughs> is of course another thing but we all came to yeah wanting to do certain things i've got some stuff i need to do for releases that are happening next year um i've got some revisions to do yeah i've got a i've got a book to write yeah, yeah. Bella to write so. yeah so we are we are goal orientated women. Yes, <laughs> with that in mind. <laughs> so on one level, we definitely, definitely know what we want yeah. to do, but also there's lots of it's really beautiful and, and lots. Well, it's like, business. It's business talk. It's totally uh, no, no. It's just gossip and hanging out and drinking wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Again, that creative well, though. I mean, sometimes gossip and drinking wine may be exactly what you need. Well, this is, I mean, this is the thing. We we spend so much of our year, you know, behind our computers in our own houses, not really seeing, like talking online with people, but actually getting a chance to hang out and kind of, you know, face to face and be with each other. Um, It does it does actually feel a creative well, really, because you know it can be so isolate isolating yeah. being a, you know being a, a writer or anything a creative person. So it's it is nice to kind of I feel like you are automatically more creative when you're around creative people to bounce yeah. ideas off and talk about things with. Or well, vent in like a safe space. Obviously, I tell you that because I'm doing research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it is. I think it's really important. We do spend so much of our time especially, mm. you know, not just behind our computers, but in different countries. Yeah. And mm. um, this is our network. This is our water cooler conversation, which mm. I think is actually really yeah. important in deprogramming some of the kind of more difficult things of, of what we do. Mm. And then, of course, you've got, it's the perfect opportunity to try out all those plot bunnies that you have. Like, oh, I've got this idea for this, or I've got this mm. idea for this. And Well, is it really crazy to have this idea? Yes, Pippa. But then you end up going on these beautiful places. And, the, I mean, this is one of the most inspiring places. It, you've got, like, rolling hills, the mountains, the sea, all within like a five minute radius of each other. Oh it's wild. It, it is very, very kind of inspiring space. Like and we've all kind of gone, yeah, we're totally setting more books here. Can we so we can expense work tricks back here <laughs> do them together. More retreats. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was <laughs> incredible and really beneficial to actually spend time together. Mm. I can definitely tell you, Aaron and Brie, that they look forward to many more Amy Andrews books set in Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be one clicking away. (laughs) Okay, how did you all become friends? Because I feel like romance is so huge. There's all these amazing authors. How do you meet and like find your flock of people? Like how did this friendship even happen? I mean, I started as a blogger. Um, okay. Way back when, in like 2014, which is how I met Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kiss, when yeah, Kiss, and and Modern Temptative were running. So I did a lot of stuff with that, and then 
shifted into writing a little bit and that's where how I started doing I used to do like afternoon teas so I think the last one you came to London Amy mm-hmm. I organized an afternoon tea Pippa came to one of my ones and it would just be a bunch of random authors from all over the place um coming together and I think it's opening those spaces yeah I mean, Ali's very good at opening those spaces for authors to come to mm-hmm. and and to have those conversations um and to make space for that which is really lovely um I mean I met Amy for the first time when I was still working for Harlequin and, um, you know, and then just limpeted onto <laughs> her, like stuck myself to her side. <laughs> Be my friend. Yeah, and, then, and then like attached to me. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I guess it's the thing, it's like it's, it's writing conferences and writing, yeah. you know, and that's why they're so important. That's yeah. why writing conferences are so important because they are a place to meet writers from around the world. And to have business conversations, but also like personal conversations about how we do our business mm. um, and, you know, to share it. Like our loved ones are very understanding of what we do, but you can't say, oh, my God, how do I fix this black moment? And they're like, what's a black moment? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's happening. <laughs> so there's a shared understanding and that like and the friendships just come from that and because these two women are amazing so yeah. okay we need to stop now when I start getting, <laughs> when I start getting sloppy it's always a morning <laughs> and, and Pippa's amazing too yeah. I think one of the things that actually is one of the things that is good to come out of Covid because many many horrendous things came up happened obviously um but people became more used to using zoom mm. and using video so whereas before a lot of like the conversations would happen over twitter social media now mm. it's it's become so normalized like go hey you free for a zoom call and mm. jumping on zoom with people all over the world i write with a load of americans and you know they will be up at like two o'clock in the two o'clock in the morning my time and i'll jump on because i can't sleep and they're like hey come write with us yeah. it, having that kind of community and being able to have that kind of and you know, and stuff like this, be able to run a podcast from opposite sides of the world. Like, it's incredible. And community that's accessible yes. at different times. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, especially, I think, you know, Ali will be the first to say she has a job. She writes mm. at different times during the day. You know, we've all got to negotiate kind of our lives and being able to find that, oh, someone's online at the time that I yeah. need it. How great. And that's just fantastic. Mm. So... One thing that I've been wanting to kind of slide in there and ask you all, knowing that we were going to talk to you, is I feel like every time I pop on to the Twitter, I see these conversations about romance and how it's changing. I think as a reader and podcaster and, you know, looking online, like obviously like it's growing. There's so many new readers and all of that, which is fantastic. As writers and uh, Ali being a writer and an editor, do you all feel that it is changing? I think there might be a perception thing with it. I mean, especially if you look at TikTok and how readers are um, approaching romance, it's very different. A lot of younger mm. readers are less interested in saying, I read romance, and more interested in tropes or character types or story storylines or heat levels. And so they'll read across genre. So I'm, I'm not sure necessarily that romance itself is changing, but the way that we view it and interact with it um, definitely that there, there are shifting perceptions and conversations around that. And that brings in more diversity, which for me can only be a good thing because yeah. I also mm-hmm. write a bit of romance. So. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's one of the things that's been really great to see is just the variety of romance coming up. 
and you know whether that is indie pub kindle unlimited different formats um just the joy of seeing how many different stories there are out there and finding pockets of communities that are like suddenly into one particular mm. nude come kind of like trope or even just interacting and interrogating how they feel about that trope um i think you know ali's right in that it is what we are seeing in terms of interaction and recognition and yeah. leadership because a lot of these a, a lot of communities especially communities that weren't that have not always been embraced wholly by traditional publishing have made their own spaces and that is now becoming a lot more accessible for other people to find and twitter and, was a very yeah. important place for those communities yes yeah. i mean we can we can potentially avoid the political <laughs> conversation about twitter perhaps but um, one of the reasons I'm still on it is because I know that there are communities on Twitter yeah. that I um, have access to that I cannot find elsewhere. And that will be why I stay on Twitter until the end. Because, because <laughs> so I until think, next week. Well, uh, right. Yeah. We thought it was ending, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> um, but but because, because I find that the conversations that those communities and those spaces are having are really important. For, for me to be aware of and but I think there is like we were talking earlier today Amy about like chiclet and and rom-coms and how there seems to be like a lot of that seems to be coming back which and being more popular mm. I wonder like so is it changing or is the publishing industry is always grappling with why romance is perennially popular. Yeah. yeah. And so they try to... Like the article come, that came back like, again recently. Like the article yeah. from The Guardian that was tweeted, I think, a couple, few days ago, Carly Scott, I think, was talking about it on Twitter, and, you know, how, you know, now it's it's all about, you know, singledom and books ending with singledom and, and not falling in love and stuff. And, you know, the point that Carly was, Scott was making was, well, that's, you know, not romance. So I think there's a lot of people around and about in the industry that try to, you know, say, why is this, you know, why is this particular genre so popular? And sometimes I try to justify it or explain <laughs> it. Give you a new reading of why romance exactly. is popular this year. And I think it's easy then to, give, to sort of think, well, that's why it's changing. But I don't. I really don't think, I think there's lots of commentary about it's changing and why, but I don't know that it actually really is. The people who, who read it and always read it and who, who write it, um, I don't think so. I think new readers coming in in different ways is great. Certainly TikTok's been great for that. It's nice now to go into a bookshop in Australia, for example, and actually see a romance section. So often in bookshops there, you don't even get a romance section. But now we've yeah. got these sections that are massive and they're all romance. And that really is, you know, thanks to this, this kind of newer sort of way of uh, the younger audience are coming in, you know, via TikTok and stuff. So I guess that's that's changed in how, queer, how romance is finding readers. But I don't know if romance has changed necessarily. I don't know. Maybe it has. But. I think the core premise of of what romance is is still there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think – I think that that is what makes romance – yeah so relevant because it just transcends time mm. in that way like not not in a kind of deep mythological <laughs> but just it, it it is what it is and at the heart of it the, the promise is so pure that it doesn't mm. matter where you put that the promise is never going to change mm. no and from an academic perspective because obviously my phd is it's like in the academic community like the standard is romance genre romance has a happy ever after if it doesn't have a happy ever ever after then it can be romantic it can be a love mm, story but it's, it's not, not a it's not genre romance and that that is very clear and it's always interesting because the same discussions happen every now and then and 
it sometimes amuses me a little bit because romance authors get very angry, authors and readers sometimes get very angry and no romance has to have, and I agree with them. But also, if it means that readers are picking up other things, does it? There's a very different take on the approach to the genre, which I think is interesting. I don't know if that's a bit waffly, but like, yeah, like I know what you mean. Like <laughs> every now and then, you see the kind of. I think I think it's what we're seeing is Readers what I've it. seen recently yeah. is an interrogation of what the happy ever after looks like yes. for you. Mm. And I think that is a worthy conversation. Mm. But I think what people forget within that conversation when they're trying to read when they're trying to find or define what the happy ever after is for you. You forget that the unifying of whatever it looks like to you is still a happy ever. Mm. It's still there is still like the, ha- the happy ever or after the happily or the happily for now. It's still that's still the guarantee. Mm. It's the ha- it's the happiness. And I think and what that. there was a really interesting discussion around. Um, oh, I think it's called Back in the Day by Katrina Jackson, where the the premise of it is that yeah, it's him remembering their courtship and their happy ever after. It's still a romance because the whole premise of the whole book is that mm. this is this is their, their yeah. It's all. The whole thing is about it. It's remembering that. It's sad, but it is. It they had their happy ever after. Mm. Um, and I think there are ways in which we can think about that and interrogate it that are slightly different. And I think readers that who come from outside traditional, like traditionally, I'm a I'm a genre romance reader. Readers who come from outside are less married to some of those structures that we as romance readers who mm. read it a lot yeah. expect or yeah. beats that we, we're used to seeing. Mm. We're seeing a lot more romances now that don't have the black moment anymore, mm. don't have the moment of no return. Um, the Duke Who Didn't by Courtney Milan, like she has a discussion in her like orphan at the end what, about why she chose not to have that big breakup moment, to have the tension build and then to let it release without the big breakup. Mm. And I think there are some really interesting things around structure and what we expect um, that that would be really fun to see where, where it goes. Yeah. What do you think, Brie and Aaron? Do you think it's changed? You've been reading it for a while. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, I think, uh, like Ali was saying, I think the structure is changing a bit. I, I think, um, like she was saying about the the black moment, uh, there's yeah. there's been several books I've read recently that don't have one, and which is which is fine with me. Um, As a you know, reader, that, how did you find that? Did you did you find that? you missed it or you thought it was odd or was it only at the end where you're like oh hold on a minute we didn't have that moment that I'm so familiar with I, I don't know it's hard to say because I I really do enjoy some black moments of uh you know just that that yeah, drama true, of oh my true. gosh it's oh <laughs> it, it just it was going so well and now it's, just, <laughs> it's fallen to pieces but at the same time there's that realist in me of like well if that caused them to fall to pieces these two don't don't actually belong together yeah. like they if they weren't mature enough to get past that you know <laughs> yeah, um, without but, storming off and going to another country <laughs> right right <laughs> but you know there's there's still um you know that i actually i just read a presents recently that i felt like there wasn't enough black moment in it so mm-hmm. you know it's 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 just gotta it depends on the story for me and if the characters yeah. really need that or not or if the story itself needs it if it's done low angst romances these days yeah. as well so i mm-hmm. think perhaps that's why we're missing you know that sort of black moments in some mm. of the books because and I, I 
personally can get on board with that because I quite like to write low wake stuff myself. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I yeah. don't I don't always write them in. But then again I put through my character I put my characters through so much but by the time oh, they the get to yes. the end, I was like yes. I feel like this would be me at this yeah. stage. This is just I'm invested nice. in this you is, too. Let, let's give you some nice time. <laughs> Well, I thought about like when we read for the podcast, I think last year, um, I think it was the Tiffany Rice Christmas Blaze. I think it was that one. And there, by the time I finished it, I was like, I don't remember there really being a dark moment, but it was so intense the whole time like there was kind of just conflict all throughout the story Mm. that I was like oh I don't need this because it was kind of there the whole time but like kind of subtly at the same time so I don't I don't mind if there's not one personally Mm. um but yeah again it just kind of goes back to the story or whatever so it's yeah I think as long as you've got strong character arcs and you can see growth of them individually and separately then it's not always necessary but I also understand why there are certain especially in like series or category of romance I see why there are authors are and, and readers who are like no no in this line I need like I would be very surprised to find a presents without a black moment like it would it would feel a bit odd from what I've come to expect doesn't mean I wouldn't yeah. enjoy it Mm. Um, but whereas mm-hmm. something like special edition or um, maybe love inspired like I'd, I'd be less like, or I'd be less sad if there were if there wasn't a black moment. Like I feel like the way that those build, you could do that quite build that tension and release it in a way that is still satisfying for the reader. Whereas in in presents, because everything is so over the top, it's so elevated and like everything is so angsty. It would be a bit weird not to have that. You kind of need it to release the tension. Uh, if that makes sense, from mm. kind of like a structural thing. Mm. My, you can't see, but my arms are waving around to they the point are. where Pippa <laughs> is in danger right now. I'm going to leave that off the way. We're all good. Sorry, thanks. Sorry. Well, with this, I mean, I guess I, when we going back to the, the original discussion, like how I was thinking, well, how does these the way that romance is is evolving and the structures and all of that like when you think of category right like each line has that reader's promise and like readers come to each line for those like that they expect something like presents we're expecting the fairy tale medical we're expecting that small town feel because it's like you know set in a hospital but they're exotic places and all of that like you know what you're going to it for Mm. um how does category and like you have, I feel like every line you have that dedicated readership, right? But like, you know, we've talked to some authors from different lines that are like, our readership is honestly getting old, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. how how do the lines, how does category evolve and change? Because um, like we we did, we, Aaron and I recently read a Presents and we enjoyed it. It was It was good. But I told him, I was like, this honestly felt like it could have been a romance. Like the lines were really blurred. And we had recently read a romance well, as well we that we were like. As long as it wasn't one of mine. Can we just clarify that? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we had re- we'd recently read a romance no, that I was, I, I'd re- we'd read this romance and I was like, man, I don't know this. It didn't feel very romancy. And so we're talking about it. And he's like, yeah, it honestly probably could have been a special edition. And it's like, it just felt like those two books that we'd read back to back, we enjoyed, but they didn't feel like what we would have went to that line for. So how is that's interesting? How does category grow and evolve along with romance? I mean, I think 
you can't escape the fact that as writers we are growing and evolving within the kind of the context of the world our, our what we're reading what we're seeing what we're kind of what we're creating is based kind of on that um sorry I'm trying to find my way through this sentence and I'm aware that I'm not, I'm not making any sense I'm basically trying to say that like no I'm gonna have to come back to this actually I'm gonna pause that Someone else will kick in, and then when I've actually formulated that in a full sentence that makes even remote sense, <laughs> someone will come back to that. I think um, so. I haven't written for a category like um, obviously both Amy and Pippa have. Uh, I started out reviewing them. I have read oh hundreds in my time, um, yes. lots and lots. I have so many at home. And we still need book. you to come talk about Kiss. Just say oh, it's going <laughs> to happen. Like I have a book cart which is just Kiss books. Oh um, I've seen it. I've seen pictures. It's quite yeah. amazing. Uh, like the first books of Amy's I ever read, like on there. Um, Yay! It, and actually, for me, like it's been really in- an interesting journey as a reader because the lines that I loved more than anything, Kiss and Secret Romance, both closed. Um, and I've been really interested in Desire, and I know that uh, they have been talking quite a lot about some of the new uh, lines, uh, some of the authors that they have signed. Uh, people like Carmen Lee and um, Mika James, whose books are, you know, their sort of black queer romances. The promise that there is going to be more diversity, but also more queerness in standard category romance is it's going to change a lot of things. It will have an impact, I imagine, on distribution um, because there are some places... Uh, it, it will impact distribution. It will impact um, who wants to read it. And who agrees to read it? Um, but I think it's important. Like, Karina has done yeah. a great job. And Karina Doors is phenomenal, but those aren't books. Those are, that's a digital first print. It's not a paperback mm. print. Mm. So seeing queerness in those lines, and that is going to change, it's going to change where people write. And I think, linking it back to your original question about, like, what, the soul of a of a series line is I think they're all evolving at the moment well that I mean that's what I was gonna when I finally got my welcome back Pippa. welcome back <laughs> and gather them in some semblance of an order um is that you know category series will always find ways to be relevant and contemporary because the authors are also relevant you know we are writing for our, the series is a promise, but we're writing stories within that promise. Mm-hmm. The promise, it goes back to the kind of what I was saying about the romance. The promise is universal. What you do within the story for that series is what makes it unique and relevant and what changes the, like, what makes it different and evolving. So you can evolve within the existing promise in a way that makes category unique, more unique than the, the other kind of potential offerings from, from romance, if that makes sense. So there's a familiarity there with the promise that's been made for the series, but there's also the kind of fun ways in which those series promises are being explored by the re- the authors. Mm. That, sorry, there you go. That was it. That was my soundbite. I got there in the end. <laughs> A muddy shot. There you go. <laughs> Please tell me you actually got that. I'm just stumbling through it. <laughs> yeah. How do you guys feel about it as readers? Because there is an inherent promise when you pick up a, a book from a series line. How, do you feel? Do you feel excited about the ways in some in which some of these are being explored, or do you feel frustrated by it? Like from a curiosity perspective. Um, I'll go first, Erin, but I definitely want to hear what you have to say. (laughs) 
I'm I'm really excited and I'm really excited for this new line that's coming mm-hmm. in the hopes that it will um, encourage or excite people to read the lines that are also already in existence. Um, and I'm ex- I'm really anxious to see if I don't know, you know, like how what we're getting like we, we like I said, we read a, a two books recently together and um, the romance in particular. I felt like, um, man, if she would have had like 60 more pages to like lean into this a little bit more, I would have absolutely loved that, you know? But I mean, it's again, it just is like, well, this is how it's been and it's always been. So I don't know how we would have made certain things work. Um, But yeah, I'm just really, I'm, I'm excited, excited to see, you know, this what's coming and if what we are currently getting just the continuous growth and involvement i guess is is just sweet to say i mean because in the romance there was a bisexual character i'm like i don't think i've read a bisexual character in a true love up to this point maybe i've skipped it maybe i've missed it but it was so exciting to see um sorry which book is that because i need to read that being curious myself i'm like yes Oh gosh, um, it was the newest Tana Shake that came out. There, the, forbidden the, the kisses hero. with her millionaire boss. Yeah, the hero was actually bisexual. His ex was was a male, and I was like, "What? I, let me read this again." Like, what? Okay, yeah. it, it was That's nice awesome. to see. So, yeah, Aaron, what do you take it? Because I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely excited to see where Desire goes. Um, we haven't gotten like full details on the the changes that they're allowing within that line, but from what it sounds like, the settings aren't going to have to be so much high society North America, which I think there's there's a bit of, at least from my perspective, there's a bit of trouble with that kind of character just with inequality these days in the real world and i know that exists and presents but presents is so fantasy like you can there's a lot more escapism involved in that um but you know looking at these these just very affluent americans and and things it can be can sometimes put a bad taste in your mouth and you can't quite yeah get the cognitive dissonance um for it so the uh allowance that they're going to do some more down-to-earth characters settings things like that but still have that feel of desire i'm super excited about that yeah yeah i think it's gonna be yeah. a really really great line and we're just really yeah. excited to see what's gonna happen with it yeah. I, I know a couple of i I'm friends with a couple of the authors who have had books picked up, and I am so freaking excited for these books <laughs> to come out because they are, yeah, they're really like good emotional intensity, um, characters who are, like you say, more down to earth, more accessible, um, and just really, really cool storylines. Like, oh, I can't say anything because I can't say anything, but I am so excited for these books. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Interestingly, you were just talking, I was thinking about the medical line, thinking I don't think really they're changing particularly at all, except that obviously there's more diversity now, which is great because there's more diverse authors as well, which is amazing. But actually, recently sort of asked if I would like to write a really kind of medical light in in the medical line, like a more like a rom-commy kind of medical with quite, quite light medical detail which kind of set me back on my heels a little bit. I was quite sort of surprised that that could even be kind of considered as something that I could do. So um, please, do think- please do it. Please do it. Please. Yes, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I, I, I always think that, um, you know, Harlequin's category lines and the editors and, you know, the team are always open to anything that might 
um, to try something that might work, that might, you know, and to be fair, it might not work either, but you never know to try, do you? So, you know, that, that open to that, you know, is is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and there are some really cool books. I mean, I, I remember one where the entire timeline existed over, what was it, 24 hours? <laughs> I'm looking at Pippa because she did the book, which is oh, really cool. I've done one of those as well. Yeah. I've done a medical, like that was a, each, each chapter was an hour and a day. Yeah. Yeah. And there was that His Until Midnight by Nikki Logan. His Until Midnight by Nikki Logan like takes place over like four years and it's the same night, four years, and four yeah. years apart, which is... Just excellent. There's some really cool stuff happening in category. But beyond that, like, this is one of my favourite books of all time, honestly, the Nicky Logan book. Oh, it's like, so good. Um, so good. The Hero and the Heroine meet <laughs> on New Year's Eve. And then I love New Year's. Also New Year's Eve that they meet. The chapters then become part of this gastronomic food tasting menu at this <laughs> restaurant. Of course, I'm all over this. This is food. This is romance. Like, you can't get better than that. Um, so and then the chapters are like headed by like the particular like dish. It's just brilliant. Like it, it, that is a really good book. Oh, it's just delicious. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think what is really good is to see how much they're encouraging <laughs> the you know the play with formats. Yeah, like mm. I love a format play. I think everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that's been really really delightful. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about this is how category series remains contemporary yeah. is that the core promise is still there but like how we present that mm. and how we explore that promise yeah. is changed it you know can be changed, looked at and played yeah. with and like both Rachel Stewart and Amanda Chenelli were supposed to be with us this week, this week and they haven't been able to make it but like Amanda's books um where in mm. presents where she's writing neurodiverse characters and oh my god her latest book the cover she's got yes. this stunning plus the red dress oh, oh right just the red dress oh. you just have to say the red the dress whole thing. the red but dress she's writing neurodiverse characters who are canonically on page neurodiverse which i i always wanted to see growing up and i never did so, you know, we're seeing really exciting books. And I think Rachel's latest is like one that's set over a year. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Um, My Year with the Billionaire. And yeah. again, that idea that it's not just a couple of weeks, like this extended timeline. I, yeah. So excited about these. Oh, yeah. Summer and Edward were adorable in that book. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk. The, the, this 2022 is coming to a close. So, like, what has been, like, getting you all through this year? Like, okay, Pippa, you mentioned, like, romance, foodie romances. Like, when you get on your Kindle, are you looking for something specific this year? Was it monster romances? Like, what reading specifics were getting you through 2022? This is where I really wish Amanda could be here because she would be talking all about the monster romances. <laughs> like, you just need to do a whole one with her about monster romances so we'll just we won't step on her toes with that because that's amazing. I mean I also edited like tons of them last year so I'm a little bit monster romanced out at the moment but <laughs> so what are you looking for if you had a romance in your stocking this Christmas Ali what would it be yeah what would it be uh queer neurodiverse fat paranormal Done. Yes. <laughs> like, I, that was I, that was a very solid, that, strong. Or so. I want to see more poly romances, which isn't it isn't in category, but um, and not just yeah. not just closed. Yeah 
not yet, not just closed throuples. Um, there's a series by Chris Ripper, who is writing, for, has been writing for Karina. Um, the first one's called Catalyst, and it is about polycules. So um, basically found queer found families where more than one person is sleeping with the other people, and they all have their individual relationships and friendships and connections. And it's, I want to see more of that. I want to see, there is quite a bit out there, but not enough. I want more of it. I, I love the, the way that found family really works in queer romance. And I, yeah, that's all I want in my romance at the moment, found family and those connection, those deep connections between friends as well as between romantic partners. So Amy, what would your Christmas stocking romance be? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've just, so I guess this year, the last few years I've tried to be like actively read more diverse everything like um BIPOC and fat rep and um neurodiversity so I've had very interesting kind of um reading list which has been which has been great and I kind of set myself a good reads goal every year 50 books I'm just about to make it this year which is very exciting yay Yay. congratulations just it's funny going back just I'm scrolling through my Kindle now. I've come across uh, the lady and the orc talking about monster. Oh, oh my god! And the oh reason- yeah, oh that's a great one. Yeah, yeah great series. Was because Pippa oh, and, and Amanda and the man Chinelli were talking about this book and talking yes. about how much um, she's trying to be seed. Yeah, is involved. <laughs> oh, in oh yeah, lots of fluids. <laughs> Yeah. Are we bounties? Can I can I just check our, our like our, our age rating on this? <laughs> You're fine. I want to talk about use of language. I think we're listed as explicit. <laughs> this is listed as explicit. She's talking oh, yeah. about orc sperm, of which there is an obscene amount. There is so much. There's rivers and fountains of it. Gush- and I was just- gushing. There's gushing. So funny. Oh god. Which is not a phrase I ever want to say again. <laughs> Um, that's great. I have no problem with that. I was just not prepared. Shocked. I was not prepared. We had tried to prepare her. Oh, I, I was not. prepared because Amanda was like, "Tell me when you meet the fountain." I'm like, "What the fuck do yeah, you mean? The fa- what what goodness do you mean the fountain?" She was like, "The fountain." Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, I, I guess sorry. What I would like to see in my Christmas stocking is like I'm a rom com gal, a rom com yeah. reader, so kind of anything rom-com will usually yeah. you know be a winner yeah. for me on christmas morning what about you pippa well i'm i'm very clear uh for christmas in my stocking i would like a book by ali Wood. i would like a book oh. by Amy andrews i would like a book that's by not fair i did and i even set up the question too she no, did um, too <laughs> she did <laughs> um i i it's funny. So when I'm when I'm writing, I tend not to read category because I need something different. Oh. So I need to focus on something else. And um, recently, I was sort of I've I've been reading the um, the bromance book club. The is it Lisa or Lisa Lisa K Adams? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I've really like. I think I've read three or four of the books now, and the recent one was like a very merry bromance. It's the most <laughs> romantic time of the year, um, and. I have really enjoyed watching this kind of group of male friend characters and seeing romance through their perspective. Yeah. I don't know how much you know about it, um, but basically the the central characters are the, uh, um, a group of men who have a romance book club 
and they explore positive, like their relationships with their with their heroines um, through like the the, rom- the romance book of the kind of from the book club. So sometimes you'll even get excerpts from the romance book that they're all reading. Um, but what I'm enjoying is is the friendship between the men and how supportive it is. And uh, um, actually, I, you know, I don't. I don't mean to avoid using the word toxic masculinity or the positive masculinity, but I found like they are talking about expressing their feelings, how you should behave in a relationship, what is healthy, what is healthy as a man, as a as a partner, and what is healthy as a friend, as a male friend to another male friend. And um, but also they're just really fun and they're funny, and I love the dynamics and I love the characters. So yeah, that's been really enjoyable, and that really is found family. Yeah, like that's really that's that's a very strong key theme in that. In in, in all of those books yeah and I, th- I kind of want to actually do a quick shout out if we're doing found family um there's a, a explicit warnings very much so for this book um zan west uh who was uh who died two years ago uh had has a fantastic hanukkah book called eight kinky nights which is all about found family uh and is just phenomenal. And I think Stacey Agden also has a Hanukkah book that's free yeah, at the moment as well. She does, yeah. Um, so shout out for our Hanukkah, Kwanzaa holiday books as well as Christmas. Yeah, I think, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Well, what can y'all share anything about what you're working on? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you're working on multiple things or whatever, but you know, tell us one thing y'all are working on. Well, I literally have just had a book come out well short story come out today, today called yay. Happy congratulations. Right, congratulations called kink the halls and it is a sleeping with my ex's mum lesbian christmas kinky romance oh god um, i need oh. it oh <laughs> oh yeah it okay, is ali and it's click to buy links will be available uh, it is explicit um in the best kind of way, I think. Uh, but it's also quite soft. It's about um, like reconnecting with people and finding people you feel comfortable with and comfortable to tie up, uh, etc. <laughs> comfortable to tie up. Oh, yes. It, yeah. But <laughs> there's lots of enthusiastic. It, you, is it okay to mention in passing what the main things are? You can mention okay. whatever you oh, want. Yeah. Okay. Whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, there's a lot of enthusiastic rope play, overstimulation, and face sitting. Um, <laughs> Okay. Exactly. Sorry. One click, one click, one click, one click. <laughs> <laughs> Let's walk sperm and we can do face sitting. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, so that's been really fun. And um, I'm sort of prepping for next year. I've got some paranormals coming out next year. Um, yeah, so I'm quite excited about that. Right, you, Pippa. Um, so my, I think, I've, I've got one out at the end. I think it comes out at the end of December in America. I think it's actually already out in the UK. Um, and this <coughs> is my, um, the wife's Spaniard never forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. which is, I don't know where you guys are at um, with it, but it's my fake amnesia. Your fake amnesia. amnesia book. It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad. Like I, was, I love this book so much. Um, and I was very worried about it because it, it does... Not because of the hairless cat, but I feel like <laughs> the hairless cat did actually, sorry, the Sphinx cat did actually steal the show. And I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about him, uh, the, the cat upstaging my hero. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that, so that, that was really, really, that was really enjoyable to write. And I've really, um, I'm, I'm glad that it's out into the world for people to read. Mm. Me too, me too. We all love a good Pippa Roscoe. Uh-huh. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> 
so as we know, last time we spoke, um, guys, I was, you talked about my burnout that I went through last year. So actually things I'm working on now aren't really contracted. I'm kind of working on things I just had in my head for a long time. So I'm kind of working on a book that's called Sea Shift. She sells seashells um, <laughs> and it's kind of um, uh, a book about sort of people who escape away to an island and kind of um, in like off like Maine, you know, up, up north, um, east of America there. And um, just to, you know, the, the guy's a cop. But he's had to, he's got had to drop out and try something else. And she's a teacher and she's sort of dropped out and tried something else as well. Um, it's not really, it's all a bit of a mishmash in my brain, but it's, it's kind of with my obsession with collecting sea glass. So I'm just kind of working on that. But I've got a book that's coming out in January, Breaking mm-hmm. All the Rules, which is a full it's- book. It's so good. It's so good. So good. <laughs> I, I feel like they got copies. I feel well. like I want to find the message that I sent Amy at about like three o'clock in the morning, which was um I'm sobbing my eyes out. I hate you. I love you. Why did you do that singing? And now I want a Chinese takeaway. <laughs> I just remember Amy, you telling us about it last time you were on the podcast, and we were dying laughing the way that you like were like explaining the whole setup of the book. Yeah, yeah, the the heroine is again is a bit of a dropper out of her. She kind of gives up her her tells her boss to, you know, go get yeah, to hit the road jack and throws a dart on a board and ends up in the middle of America, um, and changes her life completely. So and break yeah, and meets her a cop and she decides to break a bunch of rules she never would have broken before and he helps her do it. So that's kind of the basic premise. And it's coming out finally after quite a long extended period of time of not being out <laughs> in January 23rd and it's getting some early reviews now which are fabulous and, and that's great. also a one click just one click do you, <laughs> if you do yourself a favor don't mess around just do it <laughs> so yeah Roscoe um, recommends Roscoe recommends we need it we need it on the blog we need it or we just need an, like an occasional segment of the podcast where, like, yes. Pippa, you just, like, do a voice recording. Pippa, like, <laughs> Roscoe recommends, and she just rattles off five titles. I want a theme tune. I'm going to do it if I have a theme tune. You need a logo, too. Roscoe recommends a logo. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on that for you guys. Well, Please are do. there any other, like, titles from, uh, like, authors in the lines? Allie, anything you've been editing? Like, anything that's coming out that you're like, guys, keep this on your radar because it's fantastic and you should read it. Oh, I've got I, – I have just finished – I think I can say – I've just finishing editing uh, a Jackie Lau book for Kobo. And holy crap, guys, you are not ready for, like mm-hmm. – the amazingness, the, the tropiness, the Valentine'sness, the oh, it's just classic Jackie. It's so good, like super, super tropey, super great. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm really, really into. I really love uh, Ray Sean's books at the moment. Who's a an African American author who writes a mix of uh, sports romances and um, sort of small, sm- uh, close knit community in big city stuff like she's amazing um i'm really really into her books like i have edited some of them so that's not entirely oh yeah and there's um oh oh i have christmas recommendations sorry i'm like am i allowed to say of course i could say Uh, there's all she wants for christmas which is an mfm romance by uh jordan monroe which is um a woman and her husband go up to this cottage like this cabin for christmas 
and it turns out that the cabin is owned by her ex-boyfriend from college and they all get snowed in together and snowed in filking and it's phenomenal and then Torrance Sané has a, a book called Santa Santa's Baby which ah. is which is absolute filth I cannot express enough how filthy that is and you should go read it because it's really good <laughs> I'm always good to hit up for the, like, the really dirty recommendations like I've got those covered um yeah so those, those are the those are yeah those are my extra recommendations I think it should be Ali recommendations <laughs> rather than Roscoe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so you also got to remember yeah. authors' names and stuff and books names. I'm terrible. I can I can tell you I've got two more books coming out next year if that's if that's allowed. I've got um, <laughs> playing absolutely it's the eighth book I think in the Sydney Smoke yeah. Rugby series. It's coming out maybe well not quite sure probably February and I've got another medical coming out in um, August as well and it's it's part of a four book um, continuity with. Um, Emily Forbes, Louisa George, and JC Haraway. That is an amazing um, lineup. Can I just say that is spoiled for all of <laughs> And it's like set in a fictitious hospital in Sydney, and we all have you know our own different characters that all intertwine. It's um, really diverse. So, um, and my book is called. I can't remember. <laughs> um, um, yes, I cannot remember. They've all got women's, they've all got the heroine's name in the title. And oh, that's I, cool. Oh, I, I think it might be like a doctor for, oh, honestly, no, they're all doctors. I can't, I can't remember. Anyway, um, look for those uh, in coming out in like July, August, September and October as well. And I think I am very excited. I've got a really 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 fun duet with Michelle Smart coming out next year as well we need more presents continuities and things we yeah. need that, mm-hmm. yeah. that so I, I, I miss the presents continuities they were like yeah, it's, they were fantastic partly because I was involved in all of them well ladies share with everyone where they can keep up with you on the interwebs i have a website aliwilliams.org but i'm on tiktok facebook twitter instagram <laughs> um usually under cl aficionado or if you just said if you just go to my website you can find the links to everywhere else from there but yeah i'm usually haunting social media and doing that as opposed to writing uh, <laughs> which I think is what we often use social media for. Mm-hmm. Let's procrastinate against this, this particular <laughs> difficult problem. Yes. It's a distraction. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> I am usually at, at Amy Andrews Books on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. God help me on TikTok. <laughs> um, I had all these plans to do all these TikToks while I was in Ireland and I've literally, I think I've done one three weeks ago and haven't done one since. So we're gathering lots of <laughs> photographs and stuff to do when I get back, but I've just kind of given TikTok a break while I'm here. But I'm... There is a very lovely video on my TikTok of like Amy and Pippa walking down the beach <laughs> today. Like, oh my gosh. Very, very <laughs> like cosy and romance authory. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, you can find me on pipparosco.com, Twitter or Instagram. And don't forget, Roscoe recommends coming yeah, soon. Coming soon. Roscoe coming recommends soon. Yeah. coming no, we'll, soon. We'll work your other, t- your, your, the other two of you in there somehow too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for letting us crash your writing retreat. This has been 
it's just the best. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. It's been great. And listeners, Allie will be back to talk about Kiss, okay? (laughs) I will. I will. We will talk, Brie. We'll have to talk. I'm going to have to crack the whip. I want to hear what she has to say about Kiss as well. I know. I have someone on map I made. They've pinned all the locations of all the books from all over the world. Oh my gosh. I'll just send them a picture of that. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we just need a photo of the book cart so we can post it on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs>